Hi, this is Dr. Mike Chupp, the CEO of CMDA. Before we begin this episode of the Healthy Doctor podcast, I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to attend the 2020 CMDA National Convention on April 16th through the 19th in Covington, Kentucky. That's located right across the river from downtown Cincinnati. I don't think you'll want to miss this chance to be encouraged by nationally renowned speakers to refresh your spirit and to reconnect with God and like-minded individuals in healthcare. The early bird registration ends January 10th, so go to cmda.org forward slash national convention to register today. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Healthy Doctor Podcast, where we host conversations about physician well-being. I'm Dr. Steve Sartori, Director of the Center for Well-Being at the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Professional coaching is a proven resource for supporting the well-being of healthcare professionals. To help us explore the impact of coaching on burnout, my guest on this episode is Dr. Jenny Brown. Dr. Brown is a pediatrician, a teacher, and a writer. A graduate of the University of Kentucky College of Medicine, she completed her residency at Bowman Gray University before entering private practice. An expert in child abuse, she has lectured extensively on the subject both domestically and abroad in Macedonia and Korea. She received the North Carolina Governor's Award for Outstanding Volunteer Service for providing educational classes about child abuse and helping establish a child abuse center in her local community. A series of challenging life events resulted in a variety of symptoms consistent with burnout. Not knowing what to do, she was desperate and finally connected with a CMDA life coach, which made a significant difference in her life. With the help of her life coach, she continues on her journey toward well-being. I think you will find her story refreshing and encouraging. Jenny, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Healthy Doctor podcast. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. It's good to have you. And uh, periodically, I really like to invite people to share something from their personal experience. Doctors who have experienced some of the symptoms of burnout, some of the markers of burnout, and have been able to at least walk through that in a way that has taken them to a better place. So that's why I've invited you, because I know you have such a an interesting uh narrative and story of your own life. So I would like to invite you to share some of your story. Actually, my story of burnout began long before it actually happened. As I look back on this, I realized that the very things that make me who I am are the things that set me up for burnout. As in, I'm a compassionate person, and I'm generous, I'm determined, I, I work hard, and you know, yes, we can do one more thing. Let's keep going. We can just keep going. We can do this, even when it's unrealistic. And just caring for the underdog and for people that are hurting, those are the very sorts of things that make people good doctors, but they're also the, the things that make it possible, or make it easy to burn out. In the middle of learning to behave in that kind of work ethic and, and the training that we get in residency and medical school of just keep going, just keep going, the patient's always the priority, the thing that I never learned was that I'm a patient too, and that you have to take care of that 
or there's nothing left for patients. It's, it's like the, in an airplane, when the air mask drops down, the adult puts theirs on first, or the children die while the adult goes to sleep because of lack of oxygen, you know? And I, I never learned how to do that very well. So I would gung-ho into whatever I was doing and got progressively less able to do that. And, and the experience that sort of crystallized all this for me was during a time, it's been almost 10 years ago now, that we had sort of a perfect storm. We had big financial difficulties in the family. We moved to a new place way away, like eight hours drive, away from family and friends and support systems into a new job for me. My parents, who were aging and who were developing dementia during that time, moved in with me at that time. I had two teenagers. I was homeschooling one of them still. The other had just graduated. My husband was still back at the other house getting it ready to sell. So there was this huge big group of changes. And we came there. Uh, I worked in child abuse. I'd worked for a child advocacy center for many years. And that whole experience had eroded my uh, feeling of making a difference because so often you, you don't ever see the difference that you make for those kids. And so often the court doesn't help. So into that scenario came all of these other things and the move. And then I had to work for, or I got to work for, another child advocacy center on the East Coast, developing the medical component there, which was great. But again, in that, every child you see has a broken heart. And I had learned to empathize with people, take those hurts into my own heart without knowing how to shift that to a place that didn't wound me as well. So there's a lot of secondary trauma that was happening. Then my husband left. My parents' dementia got worse. My father eventually died. Um, we lost our house. There was a foreclosure. One daughter got so depressed she had to move away and live with other kids. The other daughter struggled in a lot of ways. We had to move two more times into two other rentals. The finances got very dicey for a while. I had to take a new job. So that was a, another new job. And then the divorce came and I was just devastated by all of that. But during that time at my new job, right at about the same time we had to move again, we got the introduction of EMR for the first time. I had never used an EMR before because in the many years that I had done child abuse, we had done paper charts and we're still doing them at that time. So this was my first use of EMR, which went live with, I think I got about two to three hours of training, went live without changing our patient load and with little preparation. And then Right after that, ICD-10 came in, which meant that all the codes changed, and I found myself exhausted all the time. I mean, I was working 12-hour days and was not able to get finished with the, the documentation, even doing that. And I found myself driving home many nights, late at night, saying, this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. And I didn't know what that meant or what to do about it. But I knew that either something had to change because I was getting sick. I started having palpitations and chest pain, 
my blood pressure was increasing. I felt bad all the time. I mean, I was exhausted emotionally, physically, all the time. Even on the weekends when I got some chance to sleep, I couldn't think about anything else. But the charts are hanging over my head. You know, what am I going to do? I, I don't know how to get out of this. I felt really trapped. You know, if it hadn't been for God's presence during that time, I, I don't know that I'd have made it. I began having recurrent suicidal thoughts, which, you know, I felt like such a failure and such a disappointment, you know, to everybody, to you know, my family, my work, myself. I mean, you know, I, I was a good doctor, right? I could I could do this, but I couldn't do this. And and then to even God, because why would you think about killing yourself? I mean, well, I say, I don't think I would have done that. But, you know, I know now that the things that I never thought could happen to me, uh, yeah, they can happen to you. Mm-hmm. And I just got deeper and deeper, and I got slower. I had to see more patients, but I got to where I couldn't see as many. My brain just would not work as fast. I couldn't think as clearly. Typing got so slow. I found myself having to spell out everything I typed and type it one letter at a time, which you know is impossible if you're trying to do an EMR. We talked to them about scribes. Nope, we can't do scribes. I tried to get a dictation program. It didn't work with our EMR. Nothing that I could do seemed to work. The crushing part came when I realized that I just didn't care about patients anymore and that patients became adversaries. I hated it when a person would call and ask for an appointment. I was really glad when there were no shows and I just didn't care. It's like the horse that falls under beating and, you know, go, go, go. And and you finally, it just lays down. It doesn't care anymore that it's being beaten. And when I realized that I didn't care about the very people that I had gone into medicine to love and care for, that was crushing to my spirit. So you said, I'm a patient too. I think that's such an important thing for doctors to realize we also need care, just like our patients need care. And the things that you said that the things that set you up to be a good doctor ultimately can work against you, can work against us. The compassion that I can do it, I, I'm strong enough, I can push on through, I can, I'm a survivor, I can put up under almost any stress. And you reached your limits. You were experiencing all these non-work stressors, and then on top of that, you've got a work environment that had changed, and now you've got EMR and ICD-10, and you feel like a failure, that you failed yourself, you failed your family, you failed God, and you're at the end of your rope, and now here you are, uh, realizing all of that, and then you took a step. What was that step you took? The step that I took was... I started looking for help, and I found the CMDA website. There was a place on there called Coaching, and I I sort of looked at it and thought, you know, maybe I should think about that. This was during the second move, and my daughter was there, and I told her about finding that, and she was like, go call them. Go call them now. (laughs) So I sent an email. Ken Jones answered that email, and he said, send me your phone number, and I'll 
you know, I'll call you. And so I sent him my phone number and said, I just happen to have right now as a possibility, if you happen to be there, I mean, that would be miraculous, right? And it was because he was there and he called me right back. And that was our first time that we talked. That was in May of 2015. So we started a coaching relationship and I was still being very strong and I can do this. And so for a while we worked on ways that maybe I could go faster or et cetera. But it wasn't long before Ken recognized that this wasn't just poor time management. There was something way deeper and way more broken inside me than time management could fix. He began talking to me about burnout. I didn't really know much about burnout. So in October of that year, as we had talked and and he kept asking questions, asking questions. And then I would go away and I would think about those questions and start looking for more knowledge. Well, I found the Maslach burnout inventory online and took it and was shocked to find that my scores were in the high level of burnout in all areas, emotional exhaustion and depersonalization and lack of personal achievement. I mean, I I was sort of right up there at the top of the charts on all of those. And he began talking to me about changes coming. It's going to come one way or the other. You have a choice to make. You can either choose to change or change is going to happen to you because, you know, I was becoming less and less healthy here. He encouraged me to go to my doctor. He encouraged me to take some time off. I did that, but it took me almost a year to get to the place where I could go in and say to my employer, I have to make a change. I'm, I'm going to quit. And, you know, I think one of the things that, that did it was that I, I went to my doctor, like he insisted that I do. One of the good things about coaching is that you have real time accountability. And he would say, What are you going to do? What are you taking away from this? What are the steps that you're going to do, the concrete steps this week? And then I would have to come up with these steps. And then he would say, I want you to email me as soon as you do this step. So I would do that largely because I had someone waiting for that email and someone who cared if it came. I did those things. I went to my doctor and she was pretty horrified. You know, I was on an antidepressant. She agreed that I had to get away and she was very supportive. And I realized that, um, well, coach at one point said, you know, you have a choice to make either you can walk out or they're going to carry you out. Looking at what was happening to me physically, I realized that that was probably true. And I really didn't want to die there. You know, this particular thing was not worth dying for. So I took that plunge. You know, Coach kept recommending books to read and giving me assignments. And one was All the Places You'll Go, How Will You Know with John Ortberg. That was helpful. And then there was Ruthless Trust by Brennan Manning. And I'm currently rereading Ruthless Trust. Those things helped me to focus on Jesus and focus on the fact that he was my rescuer and he could He had a way out of this where I could see no way. So I I left that job, and God provided. I started working in telemedicine for a while and did that for a year. And there's a whole long journey in that. I'm still working with Coach now four years later. We are still working on some of the issues that we were working on four years later, but I'm gradually 
laboriously, as it were, learning to think in a different way. I'm learning that I can make choices and that I'm not a leaf on a stream. I can actually make a difference in in what I'm doing. I learned about who I was. You know, he had me do the core values index, and I found on that that I'm actually the person that I knew as a child and that that's okay because that's who God made me. Those are gifts. That's how I'm hardwired and that it's really okay to look for work where my hardwiring is able to be used and not keep trying to jam a round peg into a square hole. So I'm working now in a general pediatric practice and I'm looking for another job because it's still not where I can make my highest and best contribution. So I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus and I'm and I'm living in each moment and asking the Lord to help me be completely present with each child as I see them and for him to show me what I need to see there and help me do the EMR and and I'm still in this process. There's no instant pill quick fix. It's a gradual renewing of our minds, just like the scripture says. I'm super grateful. I'm not sure that I would have left the place where we lived alive if it hadn't been for coaches' intervention. I think God sent Ken. So what would you uh, offer to a colleague, another doctor, who was where you were at? What kind of advice or counsel or what would you do for a hurting colleague? Well, first of all, compassion, because, you know, we are we are so like chickens that pick on each other. If we see somebody who's having the same kinds of problems that we felt, oftentimes we just either ignore them or feel like, oh, they're defective somehow. Well, listen, they're not defective. I would first just have compassion for them and let them know that you matter too. You're a patient too. And that you've got to get some help. And yes, this can happen to you. Yes, it certainly can. And getting help is really a reasonable thing to do. You know, we tell patients to do this every day. We would never hesitate to refer a brittle diabetic to an endocrinologist. But we so hesitate to pick the phone up and say, I need help. I would really recommend the CMDA coaching. You know, there were times that I needed a counselor and and coach would say, nope, this is an issue that you need to talk to the counselor about. But he said to begin with, I'm here to help you move from where you are to where God wants you. And that's what I want. He never gave up on me. I can't tell you how important that is. You've got to find somebody who'll never give up on you. These are people who won't. And then I would try to come alongside that colleague and uh, continue to offer help, continue to offer just the permission to ask for help and the, the recognition that other docs go through this too. It doesn't mean that you're bad or defective or somehow less. It's part of our times. It's part of our world. Well, Jenny, your, your sharing of your journey here, which is continuing as you self-confess, it's an ongoing uh, journey, has certainly been instructive to me and to many of those who will be listening to this. And so 
I thank you from the depth of my heart for being transparent, for being vulnerable, uh, for being just so you, learning to be you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thanks. Don't you appreciate Jenny's transparency and humility, recognizing that it's stressors outside of work as well as at work that can contribute to our burnout. And the fact that she sought help, being willing to accept advice from her daughter to seek out help. She's not alone. Understanding that caring for one another is important. Her statement, you're a patient too, reminds us all that we, as doctors and healthcare professionals, need to take care of ourselves. If you want help managing burnout, a CMDA coach can help. Visit cmda.org slash coaching. At the CMDA Center for Wellbeing, we help healthcare professionals align with God, optimize their well-being, and maximize their influence. For more information, visit cmda.org slash wellbeing. If you're interested in hosting a well-being retreat or you need a speaker for your meeting or event, email wellbeing at cmda.org. If you have not already signed up for the West Coast Conference in Cannon Beach, Oregon, January 23 through 26, it's not yet too late. Our team at the Center for Wellbeing will be delivering several presentations addressing well-being for healthcare professionals. Please arrive a couple of days early to consider attending a coach training course, January 22 and 23. This training will equip you with the mindset and the skills to help people change without giving them advice. You will love this highly interactive training. Visit cmda.org events for more information. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Healthy Doctor. Tune in again next month, and until then, as Jenny has reminded us, take care of yourself. You're a patient, too. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.